Morning, David. Morning, sir. How are you? Welcome to the Random Movie uh, Generator. It's lovely to be here. It's an absolute bloody treat to be uh, generating randomness once again, your good self. Morning, Mandy. Morning. There we go. Just going to say morning, Mandy. Morning. You going to say anything to me? Just say morning to her and start the podcast off with a nice morning. I've just got a a negative vibe from it the last few episodes. What does that look like? What's the negative vibe from an orange box look like? It just vibrates in the corner. There's no beeps or whistles or anything. I just get like a... I like saw a, like that a, as a positive vibe. Like a purring cat type of thing. But it's That's not... a positive vibe, isn't it? No, it's more like a growl. It's like a robotic growl, like a low-tone robotic growl. It's very passive-aggressive. It's not even passive-aggressive. It's just aggressive. Right. And I don't like it, but there you go. That's life. You, you can't like everything. David, do you know what the largest uh, movie theatre in the world is? The largest movie theatre in and the world? And where it is? I would say, um, gosh, that's a very good question. I think as in the seating capacity. Is it, is it in America? Is it somewhere? Well, do you know what? Now I've asked this question, I don't, I don't, know, what it, I don't know what the odds I'm trying to think what it is. Right, I'm going for this. This is what's come up. The Kinepolis, Cinepolis, Madrid Megaplex in Spain. It's the largest movie theatre in the world with 25 screens and a seating capacity of 9,200, including one 996-seat auditorium. God, would you want to share 996 seats with somebody? Well, not one person, obviously, with 996 people. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Does that excite you or you don't like that? No, not at all. That'd be way too many. I mean, the, the amount of crunching and biting and and eating around you could be absolutely horrific. Oh, my God. I'm looking at a picture of it. It's huge. That one room. Is the screen big enough for everyone to sort of to see? I imagine so. I imagine so. You wouldn't want to be in an aisle seat, would you, for crying out loud? That's big. That I think 966 people sat around you enjoying... Maybe. I think the thing is, near to a thousand people, it always become um, too faceless. Do you know what I mean? It'd almost just be like you're in the middle of the London Underground or Victoria train station. Maybe if it was like 400, something like that. A thousand's a lot of people. I mean, that's a, a health and safety nightmare. I'll be looking around for What's fire exits. What's with a thousand? What do you think's going to happen? A thousand to me is like, um, well, it's almost like you're in the middle of a cinema metropolis. There'd be like so many. I've been mean, going wrong if the screen. What do you think people really people are going to be chatting a lot and getting off with one another? I think chatting, uh, kissing's fine because as long as you're if you're a good kisser, you shouldn't make any noise unless you really. Is that the rule? Is that the rule? Noises. I think so. I don't think what, you make any noises. What's that noise you make when you kiss? A sort of mm, sort of that agreeable kind of like. Mm. That tick to box, you know, that type of thing in the middle of a, a quiet moment. The other things you've got to think about. Can you go up to your mic and just do that noise? This is the noise David thinks you should make when you're kissing. Mm. Sort of like a door slowly opening in a horror film. But when kissing, it's agreeable. But in a horror movie, it's like, here comes the here comes Jason, the killer type of thing. Okay, all right. Do that same noise, and I'm going to pretend I'm in a horror movie, and I'm, I'm walking down a corridor, and there's a big wooden, an oak wooden door, and I open it to see it reveal a ghoul. Quite confusing noises, aren't they? They're, they're the same noise, but coming from different things. One's passion and one's murder. But I guess passion and murder are similar, aren't they? No, they're not. I don't know where I'm going with that, but very odd. But my oh, other thought going to puke. Oh, understandable, hell. understandable. Uh, you want to do that in a 1,000-seater, that'd be What a did you say about kissing? You should remain quiet if you're you kissing. You should remain quiet whilst kissing. Who says? Who says? Who says? <laughs> Cinema, I think Roger Moore. I don't know. He's a bit of a, a purr, isn't it? He? When he's mm. is he? 
I think oh, he's a bit octopusy when he's wearing his silk pajamas and he's sort of rolling around. Do you in know what, David? I might watch Octopussy tonight because we're going to do a deep dive, aren't we, of Octopussy for Patreon? Oh, we are. I've forgotten all about yeah. that. I might. I really fancy watching it. I've, yeah. Anyway, so you, so what are we talking about? Uh, one thousand seater, and one thing I'd say is, if you had too many, one too many, I don't know cherry Pepsis, could you imagine having to go to the toilet in a one thousand seater? You wouldn't make it to the toilet. Why wouldn't you? Well, because the, the rows would be enormous. You'd have to step over a thousand people. Well, I'm looking at the rows now. It just looks like a big cinema. It's no big deal. It's no biggie. Well, it is a so, biggie. So there's lots of aisles then, is there? There's lots of sections. Because I'd have thought, if you're, if you're in the centre... Oh, you'd be at the front, wouldn't you? There's 966 people looking oh, at the screen. I, don't, I think I'd just be looking at one pixel, if that was the case. I'd have to break that rule and go near the back or the middle. Because the, the screen would be so big that my I, nose I was would be really expecting you to go, wow, I'd love to go and watch a film there. But you really are turning your nose up at it. I just don't um, trust the general public to be cinema etiquette, you know, trains. Uh, did you I go think, last night to cinema? I did, yes. I love I, that you go every Friday night, honestly. That's why. I feel like you're really, really on the... You know exactly what's coming out, what is out. What did you go and watch? Well, that's my recommendation. Oh, for later, so okay. there we yeah. go. Did you go with Ryan? I certainly did. Yeah. Tango did you, what cash. did you eat? Um, I had a uh, rice cake marathon. I had two um, rice cake packets, salt and vinegar and uh, caramel snap. And um, oh, I had a giant. Oh, I tell you what. We're not we're not um, sponsored by them. But if you've got a McDonald's nearby, I had a um, large McFlurry celebration followed by a um, Christmas apple cake, which is basically mince pie with like apple, uh, I don't know, apple sauce in the, in the centre, and it was orgasmic. It really was. Yeah. It was like someone did a lap dance on my, on my um, oh. I don't know, taste buds, which I guess is your cock in your mouth. And that doesn't work, does it? Edit that out. But I guess that's where the G-spot is in the old mouth with the old sugar sugar a thon explosion uh, in a mouth cave but it's a case of um no shut up i know shut up is terrible isn't it it's an absolute disaster <laughs> i'm gonna wash my mouth out with some ribena now but the I, I, hell, I, hang on a minute you were saying something oh yeah i actually you know what on a friday when you get all your goodies to go into the cinema I can just imagine what you're like when you're eating them. I bet you show absolutely no pleasure on your face. I bet this is just a job, but flurry time. I don't know. I am quite. Um, I know. I think if you if you put on some like uh, see in the dark goggles, you know when it's in green. Oh, are you smiling are you, when you're eating? I think I probably am. I think I've got quite a sort of. Mm, a sort of Roger Moore kiss sounds in between. Um, really, I imagine you. I imagine you took no pleasure from your sugary treats. Oh, I take too much pleasure. It's almost like this is going to end at some point, and then my life's going to. And then do you feel shit afterwards? Because there's no more to have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have another shitness because there's a sugar drop. You have afterwards. another shitness. Yeah, because there's a sugar drop afterwards. So it's like, oh, that's the end of that game, and then it's just like, oh, um, you know, does Ryan? Um, have to put up with your bad moods after you eat your rice cake marathon. Um, maybe. Do you snap at him? God, I don't think I'd snap. What did you think of the film, Ryan? Yeah, I quite enjoyed that. Well, what do you know for crying out loud? If it wasn't for me, you would have no understanding of cinema, for goodness sake. You should be paying for my entry. I'm the one who uh, fills you with knowledge and facts before and after the film. Oh, really? No, no, no. God, no. I'll be burning bridges. <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to be a man left on his own on an island. I love that what you watched last night, though, is your movie tip for later on, though. That's exciting. It is. It's. I thought it was good. I can imagine some people not being completely bold. Okay. Over. Okay. Oh, well. Well, thank you very much, David. And uh, see you on the other side of this little jingle. Oh, <laughs> I was expecting a jingle there. That gave me a bit of a shock. Yeah. We've got jingles now. David Edwards Movie News. 
Okay, David, what's uh, this week's movie news? What have you got for us? Movie oh, news. Mandy. Oh, God. Get, oh, Did you hear I that? I have to watch myself there. I got a bit angry. What were you about to say? I, I, was like, I was in the middle of my movie news and she gets involved. Fucking I don't know. I got That's what I'm like after my rice cake marathon. Yeah. I get triggered and I have to really watch myself. Okay, she just did a little, just made a little noise. Yeah, fair, sorry, it's a free, we live in a democratic society. If you want to play one of your... Calm down, Buster. You just said calm down, Buster. Yeah, absolutely. This Buster's busted and he's going to calm down. You're quite right. So what's your movie news? Sorry about that, by the way, man. I really felt it like a volcano. It's like, chill out, Edwards. I've got some movie news. Oh, go for it. Quentin Tarantino, do you hear his comments about Marvel? And Yes, they're not proper movie stars, he said, didn't he? Yeah. What else did he say about that? Because I've seen that as headlines, but I haven't properly read it. <clears throat> it's now the movies, the movie star, isn't it? Yes. So like Robert Downey Jr. is not the star, Iron Man's the star. No. Is that a problem? Is that an issue? Why is that a thing? I guess it's a case... Yeah, I suppose not. I suppose it's a case of... Um, it's a name on a poster. It's like, if, well, it's like things like The Rock is the best example of that. When The Rock ever does a film that's not a franchise, it never does well. Like, do you remember he did that one is called? That true. Yeah, he did Skyscraper, and that was a big action movie. Well, there you go. But then he does Jumanji, Fast and the Furious, and it's his his name will give it a boost. But it's ultimately he's it's always connected to a franchise. Whereas in the eighties, Schwarzenegger's name was bigger than Total Recall. If you look at those posters it's like stallone was as big as rambo exactly you go and watch the stallone movie don't yeah, you yeah totally so true it's something to hang it on you know it's a character it's what was that schwarzenegger reliable. poster you said um, total recall i'm now slightly nervous that i might be is it no no it doesn't thing? matter i get i get your point I'll get your point. It's the same sort of size. And I guess it's like Harrison Ford, isn't it? Yes, it's Indiana. Oh, God. Yeah, bloody really... hell, David. You're right. It's massive. Absolutely massive. It really is. And The Rock, oh, The Rock. if you look at his box office, it is massive, but it's always leaning on a franchise, always. What Stallone movie shall I have a look at? Cobra. What... If you look at Cobra, it's just like yeah. Red, Stallone. Stallone and it's right is bigger yeah. than Cobra. Yeah, absolutely. The name Stallone. Whereas things like, you know, Fast and the Furious, the rock's there, but it's, you know, I don't know, it's a few font sizes smaller. It's like an oh, extra David, cachet. That's really, I see what you mean. Stallone, the name Stallone's huge. The film could be called Stallone Cobra. Absolutely, yeah. And also, um, Jim Carrey was a good example of that as well, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Jim, it's like, you know, Lie Lie is just the name of the latest Jim Carrey film. But comedy now has just completely died in cinema. It's all TV now. Who are the big cinema comedy stars now? That genre has completely um, left um, multiplexes. And it's become what was your news, experience. David? What was your news? Sorry, I trod on your no, toes. No, 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 that's not at all. I mean, you know, it shows how big Tarantino is that you know, he makes a comment like that and it's massive. Ultimately, um, massive news in Hollywood on Monday because... Um, Disney, during their latest uh, share marketing uh, review, um, have lost 1.5 billion with streaming. Because the crazy thing with streaming at the moment is that Netflix is the only one who's actually making a profit with streaming. But all the companies are putting money into it um, purely because they know it's the future. So like Disney are just surviving off their theme park money at the moment to keep things ticking over because they know that they need, they know that streaming is the future. So they're throwing all their money into it, knowing that they need to create a massive um, streaming base because at some point linear cable TV is going to die. So, you know, they're, they're building a new boat before the other one sinks, but they weren't expecting to lose 1.5 million. Um, billion. And, billion. Sorry, not million. Sorry, billion. Let's get it right. And Bob Chapek was um, Bob Chapek is the CEO of Disney, and overnight he was sacked, and um, he was replaced by Bob Iger. Yeah, we've heard about him. He's been mentioned already on the podcast. Absolutely, and they basically swung him back in. And in Hollywood, that was um, if you listen to all the podcasts, look at all the industry. It was like JFK had been shot. It was like the whole industry, you know, the whole town kind of stopped for it because Bob Iger's a big deal. He bought Lucasfilm. He started the Marvel Studio Disney merger. 
He bought um, the Muppets. He, you know, he he basically put Disney in this position that it is now, and um, it's like, oh, it's out with the new guards, in with the old guards, type of thing. And Bob Iger's back in um, taking it over, and they're wondering what Bob Iger's going to do next. And they think that um, he might buy um, a big streaming service like Netflix, and actually just merge in with a large um, large company because he's well known for buying and merging. He doesn't just sit around, he takes action type of thing. He's very much gets the checkbook out and makes the next move. Or he might sell something like their sports channel, East, um, it's not called eSports, bloody hell, what's it called? What's the sports channel in America called that Disney owned? It's a massive channel. It's really poor that I can't remember at. It's massive in America. And there's talk of them um, selling their sports channel. But, I mean, that's very business-focused, which might not always tick everyone's boxes. But- no, I think a lot of people think a lot of people are feeling, um, well, to use your word, orgasmic. Oh, I hope so. Goodness me, absolutely. Orgasmic to a sort of holy degree. You know, when it's it's almost like it feels as though you've been touched by Christ. Look at this, David. Oh, my God, on time. No, don't say this as in that's my, look at this, my wife. <laughs> Flipping out. Absolutely, we go. I'm making tomato soup for the family later, David. Oh, there you go. It's all swings and roundabouts, isn't it? <laughs> Give me a bit. Hi there. I'm putting those Thanks, that's sweet. Quite a, um, that's quite a treat you've got there. What is that? Is that a bowl of oats? It's a bowl of oats. Wonderful stuff. That's that's. What did you box. have this morning? I had um, a bowl of cornflakes and some pears. And some there, pears. There was you two had more pears. Than one pear. I thought, uh, absolutely, I had two pears. Consumed those quite happily. Goodness me, that looks like quite a treat. I think I saw a little strawberry into the mouth there. Goodness, frozen strawberry. Oh, frozen strawberry. That's the, talking about a Roger Moore kiss. That really does hit it. Sorry, am it? I putting you off your movie? No, no, news? no, not not at all. Not have you got any other movie news? I certainly have. Have you heard about Chris Hemsworth? You know Thor. Um, he did a TV show for Disney Plus called Limitless. It's produced by Darren Aronofsky. Whey! There we go. I have. I've been learning that in a dark room, just repeating it through my head, and. Um, I'm not sure what it is. I think it's they they basically um, push the human body to its extremes and they do a genetic test on you. And Chris Hemsworth in the genetic test stage of the TV show has found out that he's he's got the he's got genes in him that are very um, I'm not going to describe this appropriately, but are very much um, focused towards Alzheimer's. It heightens your risk to get Alzheimer's. And because of that, he's going to. uh, pause his acting career. I don't know. What? I don't exactly. If you look it up, I don't entirely understand it. He says that you can go through a process to actually. Um, oh my god! To actually uh, go through therapy, uh, look after the brain, and um, you know, D- dementia genes raise risk of Alzheimer's fifteenfold. One in twenty people reading this article now has them. Yes, apparently so. But m- experts say most carriers can out-exercise their genetics. So maybe that's it. He's going to go and um, and focus upon you know some kind of form of therapy to aid him in that vein. He's just finished filming Furiosa that I didn't realise, which is the new Mad Max film by George Miller, which is exciting. Oh so, my god, I wasn't expecting this. As no, not at all. News. It's quite depressing, really, because you see him on the front of the Guardian. He's a strapping Australian alpha male, but it's just like you know he's got a time bomb ticking away, which is a bit of a negative way to look at it but um fucking hell um, yeah but but, now he's got he's living with that in his head i know is it worth knowing no probably not do you know what i mean he's gonna die i know now he's gonna live with that traumatic it's interesting actually the producer said do you want us to actually include that in the tv show and he said yes it's important other people know which is quite i suppose um, good of him type of thing but it's quite dark that they gave him the option to keep it out. Uh, the other bit of um, interesting movie news is that um, film producer Dan Lee, he's a big producer, he did the Lego movie. And um, what else did he do? He's done loads of stuff. He's done the Lego movie. And it's very annoying that I've forgotten that. Let me have a look. God, you know. Well, it is for the listeners. Incredibly annoying. Um, so Dan Lee did, he's well known for, um, Do you know what? I'd love it if 
you're listening to Kermode, and he went, I know. No, but I, I was trying to think how would I, how I would feel if I heard him go, no, I literally, I literally did think that. That's literally what was going through my head as I was... I just um, think it makes you more human, David. Well, I hope so, because um, Kermode never, for one second, would... Um, so DC Lego... I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. Dan Lin, that's what his name is. It's not Dan Lin. So didn't Lin. get the name right. No. So if I went to his studio and I, I went to him to pitch, I'd be in a room with a completely, completely the wrong person, which would be absolutely horrific. A real waste of everyone's time. You'd be time. with the cleaner. I know, basically, trying to pitch him my idea for a sort of Mandy robot apocalypse action film. That's um, my idea. Quite right. Absolutely. Um, you don't want to take away, what's that called? When you take someone else's idea... Um, I can't think of Dan Lee and that word at the same time. There's too much information, man. Oh, he did the Sherlock Holmes films. He did Aladdin for Disney. Anyway, he has well, said... Aladdin, the original... Oh, no, he did Aladdin, the uh, live-action film. We watched the animation last week. Oh, it's very good, isn't it? The original yeah. animation. It's absolutely Loved superb. It. Really, really good. But he has said... Um, they've been given a green light to do a uh, fifth lethal weapon because um and mel gibson's going to direct it and ultimately dan lee and mel gibson dan lynn dear god who is dan lee the, is cleaner. Dan lee? the cleaner dan lee is a cleaner of warner brothers dan lynn is the warner brothers exec uh, don't get them muddled up because you'll go through very different journeys through life um he is um who Basically, uh, Dan Lin, not Lee, Dan Lin, um, uh, he, at the deathbed of Richard Donner, apparently him and Mel Gibson promised to do a fifth lethal weapon. I don't know if that's what I'd be worrying about if I was about to die. Make sure we Bloody do a fifth hell, one, that guys. Took five minutes to I know, get terrible. Really bad broadcasting skills. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was a voiceover for Blue Planet? You just wouldn't have got past so the jellyfish and moved on to the octopus. Uh, Dan Lin. And and who's Dan, the cleaner? Dan Lee. And Abs- who's Dan Leap? Dan Leap is the guy who looks after the... Um, he's the car park uh, supervisor. There's a fascinating... I go to... This is me. I've gone off subject slightly, not entirely. There's a there's a website I go on called Script Shadow, and it's all about aspiring script writers. And um, there's a message board at the moment, and there's a chap there who, who leaves messages below the, the reviews of the scripts. And he's the car park attendant at um, uh, Warner Brothers. And it's always fascinating. He says, um, oh, I waved to J.J. Abrahams today. Um, no, he's not. He's bullshitting. Oh, you've ruined that for me. you popped that balloon. No, he's not the car park attendant, he fuck. I always think, and he goes, I waved to Jordan Pill today, but he didn't wave back. I know, that's what the internet's about, isn't it? And people like me just get no, sucked into their Why vortex. don't you say oh, I'm the car park attendant at Buck- Buckingham Palace? I haven't got the imagination. I wish I had now. I might do. I might do. I'd say I'm working at BBC Central, and then they'd say it's been closed down, and then I'd feel a bit foolish, but, you know. Thank you so much, David, for this week's movie news. That was quite nice. <laughs> like, a, like a mouse. <laughs> it was just like I had someone treading its tail. So, David, this week's movie review. Now, do you know what? My boy, he says every week, I wonder how many chalk ices he's going to give the film. Oh, really? Oh, That's he's good. really invested. Oh, so wow. I said, I'm not sure I can remember what film he has to review. And then I said, oh, I think I do. I think it's called In the Line of Fire. Is it? It is. It's oh. In the Line of Fire with Clint Eastwood. Strap in. Absolutely strapping. Get ready to rumble. This... This one is very much a mixed bag. I've got quite a few notes for this one, actually, because um, not in a boring way. but um, Well, we'll be the judge of that. Quite right. Quite, quite right. It's an intro. I'll tell you one thing about Line of Fire. And maybe I'm What's quite it called? In the Line of Fire. Um, I don't trust myself. It is in the Line of Fire. Um, basically, it's one of the first films I've seen where looking at a 90s film almost felt like um do you know when you look at a 90 a film from the 70s or 60s it really feels retro of a different i felt era. that with speed yeah it's interesting yeah and you only saw speed recently i really found that within line of fire 
it really has got suddenly and it makes me feel like a dinosaur because i wasn't a kid in the 90s i was like i was in my late teens yeah you had pubic hair you you had everything absolutely a whole you know it was there it was done it was dusted i had a beard and everything in that area do you know what i mean it was it was a finished project back in the 90s in that area well you know a type of beard you know it's not facial hair but it was you know it was enough there but it's like um the cinematography the, the costume the editing the filming it's definitely of a certain era and ilk and, and also they just would not make a film like this anymore for the cinema never 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 why you know, it's it's a case of um it's too sort of um it's your basic plodding thriller focusing on a white man. Do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, well, I, well, I was at the cinema last night and they had a sizzle reel of the movies that come out now. And it's For anyone very, who doesn't know what a sizzle reel is. A sizzle reel is is, um, is a reel of film that makes you sizzle inside. And if it doesn't what? make you sizzle... So it's a sizzle reel is, um, it's a case of... Um, it's like a trailer, really. It gives you, it gives you an appetising taste of what's going to be coming up. What, uh, a in number the new of year. different films? Or just yeah, a number film? of different films. A sizzle reel sort of thing. I guess you could just call it a trailer, really, for the year coming up. And it's very much a case of... Um, there seems to be three types of films. You either got to do a comic book movie... Um, a low budget horror film low budget horror films still do really well it attracts the teenagers yeah. cinema is a good place to watch a horror film because you're scared together in this confined area that's dark and the sound system adds to the um, immersive experience and also um, a film with a social commentary which could be um, feminism or uh, ethnicity multiculturalism and if it isn't in those three areas it's very rare for it to be actually kind of made and line of fire is just your bog standard angry white man and um you know formulaic thriller and i guess now it'd be like a netflix tv series but there's no room for it but a lot of the time just the 90s aesthetics the visual style it's the first time i looked at it i thought oh my god this is from a different age now we've Mm. really moved on well what, what what is it it's 25 years ago is it nearly 30 years ago yeah made me feel incredibly old. I mean, as a film, though, I've got to say there are some positive elements. Um, you never bore... I mean, to give you the What's idea... What's it about? Pl- What's it about? You are quite right. What's it about? What is it about? Penguin? What's it about? Uh, there's no penguins involved. Uh, they might they might appear in the background, but they're not key to the plot. I think there's one point in a museum where you might see a stuffed penguin. You might see like, a yellow serious? beak. No, I'm not serious. Well, I don't know, actually. I'd have to really look at it in detail to make sure there's not one, you know... Can you do Penguin Watch from now on? Just keep one eye on it if you see a penguin. Definitely. How many films have a penguin in it? Absolutely, definitely. Even if it just appears in the background. Um, Basically... um, it's it's almost it's basically um, like Kevin Costner's bodyguard in a way, in the sense that Clint Eastwood is a bodyguard, and um, he was there for the JFK shooting. And the opening is quite clever. They've used similar footage, they, they use similar technology that they used in Forrest Gump, where they superimpose a young Clint Eastwood in the JFK shooting. Right. So he's a bodyguard in the background. JFK is shot, and Clint Eastwood feels as though um, he was responsible in the sense that he wasn't doing his job. And if he'd done his right. job. He had to save JFK. He's now um, near retirement, which shows how old Clint Eastwood is, because this is in the mid-90s, and he's playing an old dog. Wow. You know what I mean? It's like a man a few years from retirement. And um, he come, he's, he's a policeman, and um, he's asked to investigate. Clint Eastwood is 100 years old in eight years' time. But he's still directing films. You look on his IMDb, he's he's directing a movie now as we speak. He's calling action as we speak right now. As you're chomping on your strawberries in your cereal bowl, he's saying, action. He was 61 in, in the line of fire. Oh, my 61. God. God, talking about genetics. I mean, they should just, um, once he dies, open him up and just see what kept him going, for crying out loud. It is a case of... Um, so now um, it's modern day, well, back in the 90s, and that he can see the, the potential um, person planning to assassinate the president. And he thinks, right, I've got a second chance. I ain't going to let it happen again. Don't say ain't. Absolutely. It's not Urban Cockney. Let's keep it appropriate. 
BBC broadcasting style and people don't appreciate his paranoia they all think he's looking into it too much he's got guilt from the past and it's like you know chill out Clint I'm going urban again just calm down Clint and um, it's a case of um, and John Malkovich is the potential assassin and there's lots of kind of phone conversations cat and mouse as Clint tries to get to John Malkovich before it takes place it's got to be said, it moves along at a good pace. It's two hours. I'd say it felt like an hour and a half, you know, 90 minutes. How many times did you get up to do something else? Maybe none. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I think I sat through this. Oh, Mandy just go. went. Did you hear Mandy's whistle? For once, we're in synergy, Mandy. you know what? Mandy. I think she disrespects you for getting up. And when you don't get up, she gets turned on. Maybe I'll be keeping this seat very warm for now on them. Maybe there'll be a certain glue of a passion glue keeping on this seat because I want to, you know. Glue. Passion, that's too much. Sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about there. Passion glue. Dear God, that wasn't supposed to be as Freudian or as uh, inappropriate as I'd, it was, I just meant stuck to the chair because I want to impress a lady. There was nothing. Well, it's not a lady either. Yeah, I wasn't talking about biological fluids or anything disgusting like that. To, I know, to get rid of that. Get Mandy rid of that. just, Ed- that was a sad noise from Mandy. Oh, God. Sorry, that wasn't me trying to add to the band. Yes, that was Mandy. me just trying to yeah. passion reasons. Yes. Passion glow. Oh, by God. the way. Sorry, David. Um, could you tell your dad that I'll see him tomorrow? I'll get there about 1 p.m. 1 p.m.? Yeah, between 1 and 1.30. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Dad? So, I mean, is is that a scientist in a laboratory or is that a Dalek or a Robocop? Who is Mandy's dad? I mean, what's he got to do with you? I'm meeting up with him to go to the golf club, have lunch. Is he a robot or a man? Or is he like yeah, a Terminator? He's an orange box. Does he have arms to swing the golf club? No, we're not playing. We're just having lunch. Fair enough. That's all right. And does, how does he eat? Do you have to open his door and put I the food I don't know. In? I've not gone to lunch with him before. And why are you going? What do you need to ask the dad? Pardon? Pardon? <laughs> If you went out with Ryan, I wouldn't say, sorry, why you go, what do you need to ask Ryan? I wouldn't say that. We're just going out for lunch. I know, I've been going to see Mandy. I'm meeting, um, I basically met her, her parents. Well, Wednesday I don't mean it in, in a confrontational manner, but I'm just saying if I went out oh, with Oh, by Ryan... the way, your mum texted me last night. Oh, did she? Yes, she did. Yeah, all was uh, good. Oh, good, good. About what? What's it got uh, to do with you? What's it well, got to do with you? Connected to a larger family. I didn't even know she had a family. I thought she was fresh from a conveyor belt. Yeah, because all you cared about was sticking a sandwich on her head. Rain it in, Blombles. That's because I, I, oh, I don't remember even. Oh dear God. Anyway, it's, in the line of fire. I'm not saying she's a piece of furniture, but you know, she, I, Spit I, I was it in the middle out, of. I'm not good at magic. Spit it out, David. Oh, dear God. Right, fair enough. I hope you get on well with the mum and the dad. Not that I knew they even existed when we were sort of having a sort of relationship. Her mum's called Pipkin 5. Pipkin 5. So she is a robot then. That sounds like a moped. Is she a moped that can speak through honks? Right, in the line of fire. In the line of fire. Good pace. I would say good performances, certainly. Can we listen to a little scene, actually, David? Please, please, Okay, this is a little scene from In the Line of Fire. Real good. That was in business. Excellent. There's just one problem, Frank. Oh? You know this guy, Al? He keeps asking me all these questions about my counterfeiter. Really? Yeah, he asked me too many questions. Now, my instinct usually tells me when there's something wrong. And there's something wrong here, so I had him followed. He's a fucking Secret Service agent, Frank. doesn't wash up on shore. <laughs> I want you to pop them for me, okay? See, I think maybe you're with him. Look, you came to me, remember? So pop him, show me I'm an asshole. I'm just a businessman. So pop him. And let's do some business. 
Frank. That's what I'm looking for. Come on, let's go get an omelet. You like omelets, Frank? Huh? I know a good place. We'll have chili and cheese. Come on. Let me get my pistola here. My gun? You're under arrest. Okay. So okay. hopefully from that clip, you have heard that um, good performances. I would say one good thing about this is um, he doesn't just play his kind of um, robotic um, Dirty Harry role, which don't get me wrong, was good in the 70s. He's a lot more humanised in this moment. You know, there's moments where he'll sort of look out the window and talk about his um, failed opportunity to save JFK and he almost gets a bit emotional. And it sounds a bit cliche the way I'm describing it, but it does make him more three-dimensional. Malkovich... This- this, sorry, sorry, David, go on. No, that's all right. Go for it. That's all right. The fact this was filmed in the 90s, did you find it hard to get into it? Yes, that's my it? point. Absolutely, 100%, in the sense that um, the editing uh, is quite cheesy. There's an overuse of slow-mo and close-ups to overemphasize moments. It's surprising, really, because Wolfgang Peterson... Um, sorry, who's he? he? He directed the film and he also directed things like Das Boot and Never Ending Story, particularly Das Boot. And you look at Das Boot now and the cinematography is incredible. The whole thing's stuck in, it's set in a submarine, a German submarine, and it's a classic film. And you do get the idea that Wolfgang Peterson was just doing one for the Hollywood industry to then get some creative control type of thing to, to, to later on sort of explore other avenues. He did Air Force One Outbreak, The Perfect Storm, Troy. Oh, yes. He's a big, big, um, big director. But um, definitely it feels the, the editing style, the cinematography. I mean, the bit where um, I'm not going to give anything away, but there's a slow-mo moment with, with uh, Clint Eastwood flying through the air. And it looks very dated now, incredibly. And it takes you out of the actual film. But having said that, Malkovich's villain isn't just a sort of one-dimensional nemesis. Uh, you can see why he's um, angry towards the American government. It has got some good bits. It goes along at a good pace. But I would say certainly, as you've just said, that 90s vibe takes you out of the film. Oh, it really does, doesn't it? It's frustrating. It's a different style of editing. And it's just, yeah, d- during the confrontation scenes, naff use of, of, of slow-mo... The editing, there's lots of shot reverse shots between Clint entering a room, then you cut to Malkovich, then to Clint, close up to their faces. Just a bit too obvious and clunky, the editing. It's a different era. I didn't even notice the change of style of cinematography. But um God, you if you would have chomped that up like your McFlurry, wouldn't you, back in the day? I would have, because even though the editing's a bit uh, naff now, um I was still entertained, certainly. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, David. But I was interested to see what you thought of In the Line of Fire. And you've given us your thoughts. And now I'd like to know how you're going to rate it out of five chuck ices. David, how many chuck ices are you going to give In the Line of Fire out of five? Three shock ices will leave the fridge. Thought yeah. that. Back in the nineties, I think it'd have been a comfortable four. You know, it wouldn't have so changed. Do you think the if world. it was made today, do you reckon it's a, it's a four film? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yes, I think you'd have to make it a bit more modern in places. And um, it's very cliched. I mean, the idea of the bodyguard, you know, I mean, it's exactly the same Kevin Costner format. Do you know what I mean? And the cat and mouse element. And every now and then Malkovich wears disguises, which are a bit naff. And he's got this DIY gun he, like, creates. God, this actually sounds shy. It's not as bad. The thing is, I think Clint Eastwood and Malkovich, they're very, you know, skilled performers, so they do sell it. Wolfgang Peterson is obviously a good director. So it's well-paced and it goes along at a good you know it's not too slow um but yes there is naff elements that it trips up on every now and then so you know there's cliches um and also oh yeah i'm looking at malkovich's disguises yeah it's almost like hannibal from the a-team and there's lots of phone chats 
Mm. Do you know what I mean? Sort of like, um, you know, uh, mm. you miss that president um, and you're going to miss this president. I've got him in my targets, you know, and all this sort of thing. Running around alleyways and mm. then suddenly Malkovich is gone and you just see a phone booth with a hanging phone. Do you know what I mean? All that sort of stuff. John Malkovich is 68 years old. Blimey, he must have been very young doing that one then. Yeah. Because Clint would have been 60. I think Clint was fresh from Unforgiven, which is interesting because it's, it's similar to Unforgiven once again. It's the old dog, you know, coming back for one last kind of mission type of thing. But um, Well, David, thank you very much for this week's uh, movie review. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you, Captain. Thank you. David Edwards Movie Tip. So, David, what's this week's movie tip? Movie tip uh, I watched last night, definitely worth checking out, is She Said, which is about the two female journalists... Uh, investigative journalist who worked for the New Yorker who exposed Harvey Weinstein. Um, is this some of the cinema? It is. It certainly is. And I think the thing is, it may not be for everyone because you get a real insight into the investigative journalism experience. And um, sorry, is this like a dramatization? What is it? Yeah, it's a, a dramatization of the two women who basically, um, two investigative journalists at the New Yorker who um, uh, got the women together who had been uh, assaulted by Harvey Weinstein and persuaded them to actually come out and um, publicly announce and print the article that um, exposed Weinstein. And you get a real step-by-step insight of what it is to be an investigative journalist. And I don't know if it would be for everyone, but if right. you want to know the nuts and bolts of working at the New it's not the New Yorker, by the way, so it's the New York Times, are the nuts and bolts of how you go about exposing someone high up in the um, in just you know in a corporate industry like Weinstein. It's very revealing. It's very, very interesting. And also the two actresses, um, Kerry um, uh, Mulligan and Zoe Kazan, they play the two actresses and really well performed, massively so. Samantha Morton appears as one of Weinstein's victims and uh, she's only in one scene, but it's a very long scene. And that's, you know, really well performed there by her. How many people in the cinema are watching this? I would say um, not many, 20. That was it. What's the capacity? uh, I would say about 400. So a lot of empty 20 in a 400 seater. You could still hear them, though, crunching away on their oh, sugary right, treats. Right, I know, right. I know, I know. I need to There's chill out. There's you with your bloody packs of rice. I bet you were making a right racket with your rice cakes. I, I am very strategic now. I, have you got any rice cakes in the flat now? I haven't. They've all been consumed. It's not, how do you eat a rice cake without making a noise? I'm very strategic. During the trailers, when it's very loud, when you get the operatic music, I will open the rice cake packets. Oh, that would annoy me. I'd be watching you go, oh, here he goes. I'd, do you know what? I'd be watching you waiting for those moments. I'd, be, I'd, I'd watch you down the aisle. But they're open. I've opened them up. Um, so, you know, they're, they're declothed, if you like. The the, um, the packages are open. And then during the actual did film, you just say when you haven't de-clothed? got the intense music. Man, did, um, you said, did you just say declothed? I know. I don't know why I said that. That's very bizarre. I just kept on walking after that point. I just kept verbally moving on. No, I like um, it. She just said, no, I like it. Oh, there we go. Maybe I was just subconsciously trying to flirt there, for crying out loud, just chucking a few Ooh, sexy erotic not- nuggets. Mandy? All right. Yes. Goodness me, what's uh, what, is she upset about something there, or is she okay? No, no. Uh, what She's unsure. Now with you? Oh, it's just I, d- I don't know the way you two are talking in front of me now. Well, maybe oh, that's a bit of passion. Please, maybe you need to stand aside you. and just let that. Well, kind maybe of... you need to stand aside. Let let the lady be the judge. I won't. I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to get confrontational. Oh, it's just What's the way you What's going on here with you two? I'll speak to you afterwards. 
She's, a, she's her own robot. Afterwards. She's her own female robot. She can do I'll as she wants. I'll speak to you right. afterwards, okay. David. Carry so on. what's that? Maybe thinks there's a change in the water. It's like the weather. How about I leave this sure. podcast? She's, she's playing us like a couple of fiddles. They can just look like a, a, a couple stop of idiots. Oh, I'm just saying. Give me space to so, talk. You know, you know, so robots. she said. You recommend she said. I do recommend she said definitely. It's an investigative. It's a real insight into how it works. It I think some people might find it a bit dry because you really do. It, it's it's about their job. You get an insight into their family life to a certain degree, but it's about the the plodding process of actually. So who made this movie? This movie was made by Maria. Um, do you know what? When her name came up, uh, Maria Sh- uh, Schrader. And when her name came up, I did I did think to myself, what else has Maria Schrader done? Yeah. And um, she was originally an actress, and she's moved into the actual directing. And um, I think this is her first big film of any kind of significance. Right. Um, she did a. F- uh, I'm Your Man was one film she did in 2021. So this is the big movie she's done that's significant. And um, uh, she's a European director as well. So I think this is her first big Hollywood movie. All right, yeah, she's done quite a bit of TV, isn't she? She has, which a lot of them do. Find themselves doing TV, because, I mean, that is almost the new cinema. Yeah, she's done... Um, and she was an actress. She was in Deutschland 89, the Channel 4 TV show as well. So she's done bits and pieces, but I think this is her first big, big kind of directorial Hollywood movie. So that she said on at the cinemas now. Go watch it. It's David Edwards' movie tip of the week. Quite and right. Recommend- so oh. you there? You there? Yeah, thank you, David, for this week's movie tip tip it's going to be an oscar movie apparently <laughs> big, big oh, really? oscar film yes so i'm just going to take my plug off here um, um, my laptop is overheating so i'll be very quick here we go uh plug is off so a bit of it there yeah apparently carrie mulligan and zoe zavran are, are going to be um zoe who god i've, I've butchered her name there no i know i felt like you just you sort of Try to run over that one yeah, just yeah, very yeah. quickly. Could you imagine that's me at the Oscar um, nominations? Uh, and the winner is uh, Zoe, uh, Sav, you know who it is, um, Kazan. Yes. Goodness me, it's like a magic trick. Kazan! Steady. Every time you said a surname, it'd be like a rabbit should appear. Yeah, quite right, Steady, don't Okay, so this week's my favourite bit of the the week. This is where you or Mandy chooses a movie for you to review next week. Perfect. This is David has to choose three movies randomly, and then randomly choose one, blindfoldedly choose one of those three to review next week. So Mandy is chugging away in the back. Here we go. David, uh, let's choose the genre of the... F- I bloody love this bit, David. Just let Here me... Here we go. Here we go. Just let me enjoy this moment. I don't want to rush through it. Savor. Why do I like this bit so much? I, I get excited that it might be a film that gets you excited. Yeah, I feel quite tense at this bit. I've, I've already got International Movie Database up to get ready to see what I'm going to be dealing with because sometimes it's like you know a musical from the 30s or something it's like dear god will I be even better find it okay here we go if you'd like to choose this week's first movie the genre of the first movie Uh, press the button drama okay that's all right that's we can work with that and the Decade. We go back to the 1950s, everyone, if you're interested. The decade, please, of this drama. Press the button. 1970s. Okay, so that's doable. That's. Uh... And we generate. So, Mandy has generated four movies. 
She'll now spin them, and you have to stop Mandy from one of the movies. Please tell Mandy when to stop. Stop. High Plains Drifter. What is that? That is bloody Clint Eastwood again. Oh, my God. Gosh, Clint Eastwood again. So is that... I've never heard of that. That's not one of these spaghetti westerns, is it? I play Drifter. Yeah, what is it? It's not um, Sergio Leone. It's not one of those... It's okay, let's carry, on. let's carry on. Let's carry on. It's in the 1973. 1973. Sorry, 73. God, that's not a Leone film, is it? I mean, and it would be post-Rawhide. So let's choose the genre of the second movie. Here we go. Uh, press the button. Science fiction. Okay, that's a nice place. That's a, that's that's me in my comfort zone. And the genre. And sorry, and the decade. Press the button. 1960s. Oh dear. And we generate. And Mandy has generated four movies, which she'll now spin, and you need to tell Mandy when to stop. Stop. Fahrenheit 451. Now, is that the Jean-Luc Goddard one? I think that is... Yeah, I think that's Jean-Luc Goddard science fiction, isn't it? Fahrenheit 451. Okay, this is interesting. I fucking love Pardon my French, everybody, but I really like this part of it. So I think that's like... Jean-Luc Goddard's like quite an experimental French film director from the... Um, sort of French New Wave era so I think that would be sci-fi but of a very sort of experimental bent type of thing so we now choose the genre of the third movie please tell Mandy when stop uh, press the button action ah there we go get rid of rumble this could get me and... out of a harm is it and now choose a decade stop the press button 2020s right now we're cooking on gas <laughs> he's over the moon he's absolutely over the moon none of this retro rubbish let's start okay, okay here we go mandy has she's brought up four movies she's going to spin them and now you need to tell her when to stop Stop. The Northman. The Northman. I think I've reviewed The Northman already, haven't I? No. Oh, maybe you have. What, the Viking another? film. Yes. How so I've already done that's that That's all right. One. I'll generate four more. Four more have been generated. Okay. Please tell Mandy when to stop. She's spinning them. Stop. Alive. What's that one about? Oh, was that the science fiction one with Jerry, um, Jake Gyllenhaal? Or it's Hashtag like... Alive, it's called. Hashtag Alive, what? what's that about? Fun. It looks pretty bloody good. From the... When did it come out? No, uh, 2020. Hashtag uh, Alive. Yeah. A rapid spread of an unknown infection has left an entire city in ungovernable chaos, but one survivor remains alive in isolation. It's his story. Now, is anyone big in it that we know? Or... Hashtag um, alive. I think it's... Is it Korean? Oh, wow. That looks interesting. Hashtag alive. Anyway, that's not your... Sorry, I thought that was the one you were going to remo the review, but it's not. God, this is a real mixed bag today. Isn't it? So you've got oh, High yeah. Plains Drifter, Fahrenheit 451, or Hashtag Alive. Right, here we go. So, um, I have... Um, uh, okay. A. B. And C. I've given each movie an A and a B and a C. I spin them around. Mandy, thank you. And now David has to choose A, B, or C. Which movie will he be reviewing next week? A. High Plains Drifter. 
Oh my lord. Here we go. Let's have a look. High Plane Drifter. Dear goodness me. High Plane. You're not happy with that? I, I, I could. Do you know, you never know in this game. No. You really, really don't. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking at it now. And, uh, oh, Clint Eastwood directed it. We'll see straight off. That is interesting. I didn't, I didn't think, um, that, yeah. I wonder if that's his first directed film. So that, that has interested me in that sense. So high plane drifter. I reckon it'll be half decent, don't you? I think it would be. Hey? Yeah, definitely. You can hey, listen to this, David Esquire. Why high plains drifter is Clint Eastwood's best movie. Oh, really? Yes. It's an overlooked masterpiece, but I do not want you to be influenced. I won't be at all. God, that looks... um, Yeah, it does. It's starting to grab me already. 1973. Yeah, well, there we go. That is my, um, my... It's a drama mystery western. Straight away, that grabs my uh, my cockles. Oh, bloody hell, Mandy! <laughs> what, what's she saying now? What no, she just uh, just one of her pipes touched my bum. Yeah, that's inappropriate. When we're trying to work, I mean, that's sort of slightly off-putting. I mean, I, I'm not being confrontational or nasty. Oh, the, whole, that's a bit, um, the whole podcast is playful, so I didn't mind. I suppose so, but I find it a bit like um, I don't. Okay, I don't mean it, okay. Yeah, so I, David's made it very clear, Mandy, that he doesn't want you to touch my bum again. Yeah, I, if I'm allowed to actually make that, um, you know, actually, if there's a human resources department on this work environment podcast setting, I don't want pipes touching buttocks whilst I'm trying to do a live broadcast. I don't mean that rudely. I'm just saying um, that's how I'm feeling. Well, I'm David, a little left you. out. Okay. Just a little left out. Okay. Well, thank you so much, David. Do you hear that? Though? I feel a bit left out. Or... Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. I don't want. I'm not saying I want <laughs> someone to put their pipe uh, on my bum for charity. I what? Don't say stuff like that. Sorry, 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 sorry. Thank you so much for this week's uh, random movie generator, David. I really enjoyed it as per. And I feel um, a lot more positive about the film now. I've seen it on the screen and it oh, looks good. like you know. When, do, when will you watch it? Probably around lunchtime. I think I'm oh, going to have what a. What you um, have for lunch? What we have for lunch? I think a sandwich is calling me. What sort of sandwich? Maybe um, uh, I don't know, or I might do some kind of toasty creation in the microwave. I'd love for you to go out and get some really chunky, chunky bread. Oh yeah, why not? Especially in this weather. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about melted cheese. A bit and of melted fromage. Plains, plains drifter with loads of uh, Worcester sauce. Just rolling off it, just completely hedonistic Worcester sauce madness, just singing to my taste buds inside my mouth. Thank you so much. I might watch Octopus anyway. Thank you so much, David, for uh, this week's um, random movie gener- generator. Sorry. Uh, so we've got three questions to answer on Patreon. If you've got, let's go for it. Let's get into Patreon mode. Thank you, everyone, and we'll sit and please like and subscribe and. Uh, uh, be nice about the podcast because we love all that, don't we, David? That's oh, God, yes. Please, please be nice about the podcast. I mean, as I say, I don't want it to sound like it's a charity, but it really helps me through the week to hear a few positive comments. It's like, you know, I keep calling it Prozac, but it really does push the old dopamines into the forefront of my head. It gives me an extra skip as I wander down the streets of West Sussex. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Th- no, honestly, thank you for your time. Thank you for your time and your patience. Take care. Take care. See you later, pal. Good chatting to you. Bye.